All right, I've got uh, David Fraze on the digital side hug today. And actually, David, you and I have not yet made physical contact. Can we make physical contact right now on the digital show? I want to do that. We're going to scoot our chairs together. Here we go. This is a classic side hug that we're doing right now. Did you hear the clap? I did, yes. And I have a feeling we may... We may have another hug before this thing is over with, and perhaps a full-on bear hug. I, I named this the digital side hug in some way to communicate to youth ministers. This is kind of for you. I'm speaking the language of youth ministry because that's what this is about. It's a podcast to hopefully bless people who are working with teenagers. The truth is I'm more of a full frontal hug guy. I, I just have, I grew up in a, in a home where you gave bear hugs. My older brother wasn't real touchy-feely, but I was. But I, I felt like the full frontal side hug was a bad name for the podcast. It so is, and just it's to also be, little I, inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, felt, it felt like the digital side hug is, is a, really a better name for what we're trying to accomplish here. And hopefully... People out there in cyber world listening to this, which which you know, w- will feel like they have been, you know, blessed and encouraged, absolutely. and encouraged the way a digital. So, David, who are you, and why are you on this podcast? My name is David Fraze, and I'm from North Richland Hills, Texas. It's closer to Fort Worth than Dallas. It's in the Metroplex, and I'm the director of students at the Hills Church of Christ, formerly known as the Richland Hills Church of Christ. And tell us real quick about your family. I have a wife of 23 years. I'm married way up, out in nice. my coverage. Lisa Lynette Mazingo Fraze. Ooh, ooh, yes. two middle names? Yeah, no, that was her maiden name. Oh, okay. I just it. like to say Mazingo. That is such a brilliant last name. Congratulations on her ancestors. Oh, it's awesome. So, uh, 23 years of marriage. And then I have a son who's 14. His name is Braden Caleb Michael Fraze. Two middle names, yes. And then I have a daughter who is nine, going on 25, it seems like, Shelby Elizabeth. First. I know that feeling, mm. sure. And we're going we're gonna to get to the Hills stuff and, and your role there and what you're doing in just a minute. But first, it's a blitzkrieg, get to know me. We're going to start the chain reaction music, and I'm going to ask you, here we go, are you ready? I am ready. First of all, did you own Underoos, and if so... What was the character that you, your favorite Underoos character? We did not own Underoos. I really couldn't afford them. Uh, I was a whitey tidy run around in my underwear person, but I did make homemade capes. I'm a Batman guy. So you're a, a Batman, okay, but no Underoos? No, no Underoos. All right, David, there's a button in front of you. Mm-hmm. If you press the button, you get to enjoy free movies at any movie theater in the world, you and anyone else with you for the rest of your life. Mm. However, the only food that you may eat that you did not cook yourself, yourself, is food that can be found at a movie theater concession stand. Okay, that's if you press the button, free movies, for the rest of your life, and you can cook all the food you want to, any kind of food, wherever you want. Mm-hmm. But in order to eat, the only food that you may eat that you haven't cooked yourself is food that can be found at a movie theater concession stand. If you don't press the button, then you get to choose any restaurant, and you and anyone that you choose to take with you may eat free at that restaurant for the rest of your life. However, you may never watch another movie as long as you live. Do you press the button? It's a hard one. 
that's I know. a hard one. It's it is. Incredibly it's incredibly hard. This was um, handcrafted for you, gonna, David Frank. I'm going to say, even though I love movies, uh, I'm going to say that I would not push the button. You would not. You would get free food at the restaurant of your choice and give up movies for the rest of your yes, life. Yes, all my friends would join me because think of the fun if we all went to Chili's and we had sock puppets. And think about the fun we could have in a Chili's, one of those round booths, if we could eat there every day the rest of our lives. It would be, uh, we would make our own movies. And then they could go to the movies without you. It, Absolutely. They don't have to give up movies. No, not at all. All right. So, uh, askingcanbefun.com is one of the sponsors of the show. Dr. Morris Gregwire gives us some incredible questions. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook. The question is, what will be the next, uh, the name of your next dog? Dr. Morris Gregwire asks, what will be the name of your next dog? That's from askingcanbefun.com. Well, uh, our current dog is Coco, so I'm going to start there. It's, it's a, a Shih Tzu dog. It's a little kind of fluffy dog. Um, I would imagine that our next dog would probably have to be small to go into the house. I would say it's going to be white. I'm going to go with Snowball. Okay. Snowball. Typically used for a cat, I get you, but Snowball could also be used for a cat, All right. I believe. Uh, which member of the show Friends, and I'm talking about the character on the show, not the actor or actress, would you most want to have over for dinner? Now, this is going to be awkward because I have watched episodes of Friends, but I I was not a friend watcher. I don't know the show enough to say I would want this person at my house for dinner. I, I just got to tell you that because I'm a Christian and I don't watch that stuff. Well, and I actually uh, I, I actually have to confess that I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not up on Friends either. Um, I thought you were a believer. I, I could tell by your speech. <laughs> yeah, because no, no believer would ever watch no, secular television. Yes, I mean, how could we? Yes. Okay, so since you don't watch uh, shows of that nature, which which character from the, the TV show The Office? Oh, very nice. <laughs> I, I am all over The Office. Uh, there's so many characters. Oh, the music stopped. I'm getting it back. I, I would have to say Dwight. Okay, Dwight Schrute from The Office. Good. I, I all right. Fun. Uh, another TV question, and this is a simple one. Cagney and Lacey or Kate and Allie? Oh, Kate and Allie. Kate and Allie, okay. Kate and Allie, yes. So uh, somewhere out there, David Skidmore is laughing right now. Yes. At Wes Riddle, by yes. the way, just to I, let you know. All over that. So Kate and Allie, the 30-minute uh, uh, sitcom as mm-hmm. opposed to the one-hour ladies' cop show. I, okay. I'm not sexist, but... No. No, it... The, no, it's not the same. Starsky and Hutch, that is a cop show. <laughs> Simon and Simon. Yes. I mean, Riptide. Okay, yes. you're on a desert island. Your plane has crashed. You're alive. Mm-hmm. The question is, also surviving on the island is the full band of a music group of your choice, and their instruments have remained intact. What musical group has also survived the plane crash in, and is with you on the desert island? Now, my first... My first guess would be... It's the, not a guess. No, this is an well, answer. But i got to let you know, it, it, it Jordan <laughs> Jordan House and his a cappella group, oh, yeah. all sounds are anatomically produced. The Circa so, 2005... Pretty impressive, uh, but I think that would get boring hearing, you know, all the time. So, one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, Chicago. Ooh. The Peter Cetera years? Absolutely. Okay. Nice. Um, and, and that's it for the questions. I will say, though, however... I don't see how anyone could ever get tired of hearing, every time I wonder, no matter what you, huh? Huh? I'm I'm with you on that. (laughs) All right. So, David, you're at the Hills. You're director of student ministries there. That sounds like you're a youth minister. Yes. But you didn't call yourself a youth minister. You said director of student ministries. 
What do you do and how is that similar to or different from a youth minister? Um, I think in my role is where old youth ministers go to die. I've come to realize. Um, I do the same things that we've always done. I lead a mission trip. I lead some camps. The neat part of this role is I have three campuses, a great group of student ministers that I work with. And my role is to help organize that team, to set vision for that team, uh, to, uh, to help fashion in us just a great team concept so that all of our campuses that we're moving in one direction and kids are being discipled. And I get to work with adults. I get to work with our student ministers. I get to work with our students. And it's fun. And you're saying three campuses. So your church, The Hills, has multiple buildings in multiple parts of town where people come to essentially the a different church building but the same yes. church. It's, it's a satellite system. So one message, um, but we have separate ministry teams. Okay. Um, so you've got a youth minister over here, a youth minister over there. Uh, those youth ministers are all part of the same youth ministry network, and you, you're you the leader that you cast the vision. Yes. All right. So immediately I want to ask the question. In fact, I have asked you this question before. Do you actually still get to do what you loved when you were doing youth ministry? Are, are, are you still involved in the lives of individual students and connecting with them on the relational level? Or is everything you do kind of 50,000 foot oversight and vision and administrative stuff? No, that's the great part. I am with students. And also it's freed me up with a great staff like we have. Primarily, I will work with our high school minister and, um, and, and, and help him with the teaching load and some with the young adults. But in my role of a thousand feet up, there's times that I get to insert myself into the middle school ministry. I get to go to different right. campuses. And those things that I didn't have time to do when I was the one and then had deacons and, and volunteers around, uh, I I can really pour into our volunteers and share the vision with them. I can pour into our adults. I can pour into our entire church family mm-hmm. so that everyone at the Hills understands very clearly that youth ministry is everyone's job and not just a small group of professionals. It's allowed us to break our silos. It's been a lot of fun. That is, that's cool. Have you made a mistake like does a mistake how many years have you been doing youth work over 25 now okay in those 25 plus years is there a mistake that you look back on and you say gosh i'd like to have that one back no glaring ones but there's kind of this overarching feeling early in my life that uh, even though i used volunteers i really did not use them to their full potential in my early years i I, I was saying in my actions, hey, I got this great program, drop your kids off with me, I may use you to cook some food, but I didn't allow adults early on in my ministry years really to be involved in the relationship formation that our adults now are involved with. So in the early years, maybe crowd control and now life-changing mentor, Yes. real live ministers are volunteering all over Absolutely. Fort Worth. That's cool. And praise God that there's no glaring, huge, gosh, I wish I had that back moment. That's uh, that's a real there, there praise is God. One. There is one I think about. I had a pillow fight in, uh, on a mission trip, and I thought it was going to be innocent. Um, one pillow went and hit the ceiling, the inside of a water sprinkler, um, <laughs> and it flooded the entire hotel room. Luggage was floating, and one guy panicked. We had a special needs kid on oh, the trip, no. and he ran out. And he pulled the fire alarm, so the rest of the water in that room began to float uh, our luggage and leak into the walls of the room next door. And it was it was not pretty. So I, 
you know, there's other than that flooding of a hotel room. I, you know, not real glaring. No, <laughs> I left a kid at uh, Orlando. I, was, I could go on. Okay, I'm sorry. I was in things. the process of saying, "Praise God, there was no glaring." There, mistake. there was no glaring things, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, we left kids intentionally at Disney World one time to prove a point." I came back 30 minutes later. They were not abducted. I think well, they still remember that. So lesson. I guess praise God that that you that of the many mistakes that are glaring, uh, we can laugh at them. Yes, and that's um, so. David, you you taught at Lubbock Christian for many years, teaching yes. the youth ministers there in their program uh, to train youth ministers. You still teach now. Um, that would have to be just such the such a cool thing to teach youth ministers how to love students and how to lead them and how to multiply yourself in ministry. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from teaching? What has teaching taught you? Um, when you have to teach, it refines the concepts you know. So when you're teaching these things from a book and you have 25 years of experience and you're in the trenches, um, you read all of the new stuff, all the new studies. Um, through that filter of practical ministry, which that in of itself always sharpens you. Um, it, it when you, when you teach, it's very glaring what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what you need to improve on, and that's what I appreciate. Is the more you teach, the more you realize your deficiencies, also your successes. So I'm learning along with the students. Um, one of the things that it does to help me is, in order to be an effective teacher, I also need to know the latest research, the latest books, and it's changing so fast. I'm trying to do the very best I can, but it forces you to keep up so you'll have something to share. And now at you know my age, it's fun to be able to share from the book, but also from your experiences on the field. And it's just an enjoyable experience. Yeah, that's cool that you stay, you kind of have to stay on the cutting edge. And speaking of, you work with Fuller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a part of the Sticky Faith group or somehow tell yes describe that what what do you do for fuller uh, youth institute I, I think it's a big fancy word it's more like uh you describe me as a uh, fuller youth institute fellow or a sticky faith partner um our church has been using research i've gone through the cohort program but before then i was involved in some of the foundational work uh doing a research fellowship there um i get to see a lot of the first run research uh we just launched a book called Sticky Faith Launch Kit, which, okay. do I get paid for plugging that? Do I well, say that? I can't, can't promise that you won't. There? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yay, push that button. Sticky Faith Launch Kit, uh, a few of us that are partners in that got to read, got to add sidebars, got to, to work on the content of what was the Sticky Faith research and now is part of a movement, if you will, that there's a way to involve the generations and break up the silos that are in traditional ministry and really move our kids to a more deep and deliberate assimilation into the faith. And that's that's enjoyable for me. So that's kind of what I do. I'm more of a partner or a fellow with the research there. So any church out there listening to this, hearing you talk, or maybe have youth ministers that have read Sticky Faith, they like what they, they read and are hearing, they can go online and look up, you know, Sticky Faith Launch Kit or, or Yes, if you go to uh, Sticky Faith or the Fuller Youth Institute, you will have a Sticky Faith site, and you'll be able to 
buy that resource. And the neat part of this resource, Dave, may I call you Dave? Yeah, of course. Uh, the neatest part of this. I think we know each other this well. We Dave almost exchanged shirts yesterday on the campus of Lipscomb University. I'm if so you glad can't call me digital. Dave, who can? This is digital. For the digital audience, I actually wanted his shirt, which was an awesome retreat design shirt. Yes. And I tried to barter you for my undershirt. You went for the sweater. Yeah, the I would shirt. have made the trade for the sweater. I can't go there because my wife likes the sweater. That was a great sweater, man. It was. A, it was I don't. I literally don't have a single V-neck sweater, and that was light this blue. This is nice. Isn't my it? wife loves me in light, light blue. Does it make my chest look huge? Uh, okay. I would have used a different word. We probably need to say an awkward side. Act. So okay. So go you back go to the launch kit. The book, and this is what's so revolutionary. The book gives you a step by step. Here's one of the first things you do to start conversation. Here's the next thing you do to make some small movements in your ministry towards energen, towards more sticky uh -huh. practices. Um, but you also receive a code where it is a whole online component that we're constantly adding resources and youth ministers get together and talk and say, this worked for me. Well, this, this may work for you and we share ideas. So you have the best of a, a paper copy or if you are yeah. part of the you know, Kindle version, you get that. Right but then you get a code by which you can enter into a whole different level of discussions with yeah. student ministers all over the country. And it's really uh, a pretty good resource. That's neat. Well, as a guy that has read Sticky Faith and has heard you present that material, and of course, Walter uh, and I are, are in town together and at church together, and I, I know that he does a lot with that too. That's good stuff. And and if, if you haven't checked out Sticky Faith, you need to. This launch kit sounds really good. Um, thanks for talking about that for a few seconds. Thank you. You've been in youth ministry a lot of years. Can you identify a couple of keys to maintaining and staying at one church over the long haul? Perhaps just continuing to work with students after you've got your own adolescents coming through youth group. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't do this alone. And, you know, we have a friendship and there's others that have friendships We've been doing this for a while. You got to have a community you do ministry yeah. with, and so that's definitely uh, part of it. Because you got to have people that pour into you. If they don't pour into you, and you go to a conference like ours, the NCYM, or you specialties, and meet with your friends, you, you start taking yourself too serious. You start to think the whole world revolves around you. And as my youth minister told me, um, he said, "Hey, there's only been one savior of the world. There'll never be another one, and you're not it." And right. he could always speak, and he still speaks truth into me. And so we need people like that. Um, By the way, who was your youth minister? Philip Nichols. Okay, Philip Nichols. Isn't that great? You call his answering machine. It's just he and his wife. Now all of his kids are left, and you get this is a dime <laughs> worth of nickels. And I'm like, it's hokey, but it works. That's funny. Um, so friends and companions to share this journey. Your family life. And this is this is stuff that we know. You got to live life for the people who are going to be around your bed when you die, and that's your wife. That's your kids. Um, so many times we get into wanting to save the kids. We have such a passion to reach the world that we forget that if our world's not good at home, it ain't, it's not going to work. And so you have to spend the time. you got to have that Sabbath with your family. you got to pull back and spend time with your family. And I would say um, also continue to be a student. There's so many great programs, um, but if you don't want to get a formal education, go to a conference, read, yeah. be challenged, because adolescence changes uh, the way that we approach yeah. adolescence change, the way that we approach ministry. And if we're still doing the same things we did 25 years ago, um, either they're really good and they should never change, or we probably need to take a look and figure out if we're being successful or if we're just yeah. kind of maintaining a program. Those are great. And and I one thing I love doing is hearing guys like you share books that have shaped them. 
I can, I, I, you know, my, my ministry was altered when, when a youth, you know, expert like yourself said, you got to go read Teen 2.0. And it, it really challenged and, and helped and changed. And it was like, oh my goodness, I'm learning some things I didn't know. In addition to Sticky Faith, is there a, a book, a resource, just one thing that you would say, go read this book if you've never read it, one youth ministry tool that you would say go read? What would it be? Oh, that's difficult. It really is. Uh, I wish you had, I've stumped the doctor question. I, I'm going to give you two. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's even better. One of them is, and it, it, it's, it was revolutionary to me, is the idea of hurt. Um, yeah. to really see what systemic abandonment looks like. And it's not just because, you know, Chap was my theological mentor right. and my doctorate, but I'm like, that that deeply impressed me as far as how we need to change. The other one, and this is a classic, but from personal ministry, Larry Crabb's book, Inside Out. Um, it is a classic in the psychology realm, yeah. but it does wonders in getting us to understand what is our deep desires and how do we then minister from that place of depth? And so when you read the book, you actually go through, okay, where's my wound? Where, where have I been um, guilty of the sin of self-protection and not been totally vulnerable to God? And then once you go to that place, you are a better job, better place to minister to others because you've had that Isaiah moment of yeah. seeing God and being cleansed. And it's awesome. So Inside Out by Larry Crabb yes. and Hurt by Chap Clark. Yes. Go... That's that's great. I challenge you to read them if you're hearing this and you, you've never heard of those. And I have not re- read Inside Out, so I'm going to get that. Last question, and then we're gone. Youth Specialties is almost here. There's yes. a conference starting here in Nashville tomorrow. You'll be there. I want to ask you this. It, the perfect course material for a class taught by the perfect person. Who? What would that class, your perfect class, breakout class, look like if you get there tomorrow Who's teaching it, and what's the subject matter? I would love to. Can I can I pick more than one guy? I'd love to have him in one room. A theme is developing here. A theme theme is developing. (laughs) I would love to get guys who have over twenty five years of experience. Those maybe over twenty years. All of us in one room, and say if you had to do it all over again, what would you do? So all those guys as presenters. I I would like people like you and me. If we were in the room and say okay. Let's all have like 10 okay. of us in the room. Ten so we're the like, presenters and yes, we're learning from each other. And as what subject. if we had a facilitator, somebody like a Duffy who has yeah. written all these books and did all this work and he were to just be our guide and to say, if we could do it all over again and create yeah. maybe a new model of student ministry, that would be fun. That would be really, really. Now, I have not been in youth ministry 20 years. It's, it's uh, I'm not there yet, but You're I'm close. close. I I am, but I can already see. I mean, I've been there in long enough to know it, it would be fun to sit in a room and hear that. You know, other people that I love, you know, I was interviewing, you know, Buster Clemens a while back for this podcast, a guy that I just couldn't respect more than I do. And I, and my favorite class at NCYM every year is the lunch I get to spend with Buster, just yes. asking him, tell me what you've learned. What do you know? Here's a problem. What would you do, you know? So being in a room with all those people, that would be cool. That's great, man. That's a great answer. You side me. Come here. Let's. let's I pull want a hug full right frontal hug. Oh, oh my god. This is. Go. That was. That a good may one. be the biggest hug I've had yet. 
on an actual hug while recording the digital side hug. I feel I feel secure. This has been so fun having David Fraze with us. I, I don't know who's going to be on the digital side hug next time. Do you? I I have no clue. <laughs> It'll be somebody great. We'll talk about ministry and hopefully grow a little bit in the process. Um, David, blessings. Blessings to you and your family and to you out there as well. Love you.